Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 80. And the first thing we want to do is announce the winner from our 10K giveaway. So our winner is Leah from Leah Tackles on Instagram. And she's winning the Never Grow Up sign from our friends Shelly and Steve at Pop Creative Designs. So you should definitely go check them out. And Leah, we will be in contact with you so that we can ship you your sign. So to everyone else who's listening, don't forget you can still enter. We still have seven more episodes in our giveaway. And all you have to do to enter is take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast. And that's, you're entered. That's it. So as many times as you enter, that's as many times as you're in the drawing. So obviously the more times, the more often you listen, the better your odds are. Perfect. So keep sending us those screenshots. Put them up on your story and tag us or just send us a DM of you listening and you can continue to increase your odds of winning some of these awesome products for the next seven episodes. So this episode's giveaway is a Haunted Mansion bow band and it's the Haunted Mansion wallpaper. So it's super awesome and it's from Samantha, our friend over at Geekly Ever After. You guys might remember her episode a few episodes back. I can't remember the number, Um, but... Really awesome giveaway. Can't wait for this to go to a new loving home and for somebody to be able to wear it in the parks. So today's episode is really a great insight, I think, into anybody who's trying to build a community and a movement around their brand. So it's Mario from Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company, and we'll get into what his vision is and what he's trying to create through his products. But I think the same principles can apply to either if you're a content creator or a product creator that we all need that community and we all need to narrow in on who it is that we're trying to reach with our message. So without further ado, we're going to kick it off into this episode's interview and we will be back with you on Thursday for Bibbidi Bobbidi Lou's interview. Hope you enjoy. Well, hi, thank you for having me. So yes, I'm Mario. I run Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company. It is park-themed apparel with, uh, I like to say it's a park-themed apparel with a fun twist or, you know, a twist that is easy to recognize because of what people are saying in the cultural zeitgeist right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. So I think it's always great if we can lay the foundation and learn a little bit about you. And I know Disney's probably a huge part of your life, but if you put that to the side, kind of what is your background and, and what is your life outside of Disney? Um, okay, so I grew up, I was born and raised in Southern California. I lived here in Los Angeles my whole life. I went to school close to downtown LA and then I went to San Francisco for college. Um, and then that's where I learned and like to grow my voice, how to tell a joke. Um, I learned a lot being the president of a gay fraternity, Delta Lambda Phi, and um, really understood like the nuances of comedy through like drag queens, trans queens, and like the LGBT community up there. Um, Disney was always a part of my life because I had a lot of friends that were cast members that still are. Um, so whenever I came to visit, um, because I was a poor college student, we just got signed in and like hung out at the parks and then we'd have to like eat at Denny's outside because we were poor. <laughs> um, and like, you know, some friends left and then I got my pass and then I, um, learned about Disney bounding and then I learned about like 
run Disney because I dated somebody who was like, do the Tinkerbell race. And I was like, okay, because I, I had nothing better going on. And I was, um, I turned 25 at the time and I got really fat. So I was like, okay, I need to do something to exercise. Um, so if anyone's listening and you like are in your early 20s, like that's cute. But like you are going to hit second puberty so hard. So like find a physical activity. Um <laughs> And then, yeah, like, I, I do stand-up comedy sometimes. I, like, originally went to school and started dancing. And then I intended to come down to, like, Los Angeles to take the dance world by storm. But the storm got downgraded to just, like, a light drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. That's such a fun story. And I, I think that is so, um, I guess, common for a lot of people to go to college to kind of, like, embrace who you are and find your voice. And I think that's probably something that's definitely helped you as you've started this new business for sure. Yeah. It's the, the reason I went to college um, was I like joked. I was like, I want to be close to home, but I want to be far enough away that like my parents and family can't visit without giving me warning just in case. And then it became like a thing where I went, oh, I really ended up picking a cool place to go. Cause San Francisco is this like huge melting pot where you can see so many different things every weekend. And they just really are super multicultural. So I was really blessed to have gone up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us more about your Disney story. Um, my Disney story started like a month I was after I was born. So I was born July 3rd and then my family went to Disneyland August 3rd because um, they already had the trip planned. So they just kind of like flung me over their shoulder and I went and then I, I like visited every time someone was visiting from out of the country. So if family was visiting from like Australia, we would go to Disneyland because they wanted to go there and we'd hit up all the theme parks and then the same thing happened like every summer I'd try to go on my birthday and as I went to college uh, several of my friends that I was that what I went to high school with um, became cast members so I would come down to visit and we'd get signed in for a day or two and then we'd get to see the parks and I learned a lot about like like the back parts of the park and the stories through them because of what they were doing so then I became obsessed and then I became really Run Disney obsessed because my first marathon was Tinkerbell and I've, I've run every single Run Disney race at least once. So I've done all of them that exist, that still exist now. So all the East Coast ones and, and the West Coast ones when they existed. Man, I know we're super upset that they no longer have Run Disney in California, but I bet it hits you even harder than us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was so let down. I um, was a legacy, meaning I didn't miss a single year of the Avengers race or of... Um, Star Wars, I'd done all of them, and then they closed it down, and I was like, well, now what am I going to do? Because <laughs> they had the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge where you were supposed to run the 10K and the half marathon, and you you're supposed to collect the, all the stones of the gauntlet, and they stopped after, like, three, and I was like, well, great, no one's collection's complete, so that's no fun. Like, oh. what am I going to do now? <laughs> so out of all those races, since you've done so many, which one is your favorite? Uh, my favorite will always be... The first one, Tinkerbell, because I didn't know what to expect and no one really told me. So I ran it and that's where my like addiction to running really took off. And it was a really fun race that I, I feel like I wish they could bring back or one of the Disney races because I didn't realize how people like took costumes so seriously and, and taking photos with the characters. I was just in it because I wanted to. I mean, I just wanted to beat my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> he was in a 
he was in the same corral as me. And I was like, um, you got me into running and I need to beat your time by like 20 minutes if I can. <laughs> and that was my only goal. And I did. So I was like, okay, I win. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of costumes, I know just from when we went to Disneyland for the Halloween party, I will definitely say that the California, like the Disneyland people take that way more seriously than the Disney World people. We were. We really do. There's like this weird, like underground, like, I don't know where they come up with their ideas, but there's some amazing costume ideas that exist out there. It's so inspiring. I like, I love going to the parties, just seeing what people come up with. Yeah, there was a moment where we saw Peter and Wendy walking around, and I had to convince <laughs> Catherine that that was actually Peter and Wendy and not people dressed up as them. Yeah, because sometimes they're, like, legitimately good. Like, I thought Mary Poppins was, like, actually Mary Poppins, but it was just a girl um, just walking around. It, it was spot on Mary. Such good costumes. It's got to be because there's so many locals in Walt Disney World's more vacationers. Yeah. I imagine it's locals. And also, like, we're stones throw away from Burbank where there's all these costume supply stores that, like, sell um, reworked costumes that were made in movies. So I'm starting to think that maybe, like, they're getting them from there because they're legitimately, like, so good. Oh, that's interesting. That's an insider tip. We didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, there's a place in Burbank. I forgot the name of it. It's off of uh, Magnolia's Boulevard next to the studios, and they definitely have costumes that were used. Like, it's a secondhand thrift store that from the like, studios are like, oh, I don't need this anymore. So they had, like, stuff from Merlot's Grill from um, True Blood stuff, and then they had, like, sample sizes from, like, Big Bang Theory. So, like, I'm a, I'm imagining if you, like, really feel like looking for something, that would be the best place to go. Oh, my gosh. That would just be so fun to just go and look around. If you got anything oh, yeah. like Big Bang Theory, your parents would lose their minds. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So that's awesome. So... I love that. I love both your story and your Disney story. And I know just from researching and, and hearing more about you through Instagram and through the website as well, that the inspiration for Diamond and the Rough Clothing Company is really unique as well. So can you talk us kind of through where you got the inspiration for it and what kind of uh, conversations took place to get it off the ground? Well, Diamond in the Rough Clothing started as a gag. I just wanted to support some small shops um, because I was really big on like trying to buy locally, trying to find um, places that were not really big corporations. And also, I just wanted to support local artists. And then I realized like some of these places were you know, claiming that they were like allies and they were claiming to be really big on diversity, but they really weren't showing that in their Instagrams. And I don't know if it was like a subconscious thing or whether they chose not to do it, but the ratio was not what I expected. Um, and as somebody who is a brown person who identifies as LGBTQ, I wanted to provide a voice and I thought I could do this. Um, and I realized like I'd given some ideas to other brands like, oh, you should try something else. And then I went, well, actually, why don't I do it? So I talked to my friend who knows how to use uh, Adobe far better than I can. And he's like, why don't we try something? And um, we came up with a couple ideas and it, we threw some ideas around. And um, then Diamond in the Rough took off uh, probably two years later because it was just a lot of that planning, figuring out where to find a local screen printer and then knowing how to like really launch something because I didn't just want to do an Etsy site, I wanted it to be a, a fully realized website with like a blog and, a, a, you know, lookbook and everything else so that it could be my entire brand. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's something that a lot of people probably don't realize is that it does take so much planning and so much effort into creating like a website and your own designs and just everything that goes into that. I feel like sometimes people think that they can just like get this idea and start it, you know, the next week. And that's really not the case. Oh, yeah, it definitely isn't the case. And sometimes when you have an idea, you have to do research because you're like, oh, this would be a really fun idea. But then someone else has already done it. So you want to make sure that you're coming out with something that's not just original, but also like a fun play on something that hasn't been done. Plus, people will automatically recognize it. It's a it's a lot of work, but it's if you really love to do it, it's great. Um, My mom used to say measure twice cut once and that's what you really have to do when you build something from the ground up you really have to like get into researching and understanding the back part of the business for sure sure. has design been something that you've always been interested in um a little I definitely I worked in retail my whole life and I used to tell my clients like you don't buy clothes you curate a wardrobe you should have a lot of pieces that you really want to to bring back and and to wear it'll help build your signature brand especially for men if you are talking about an aesthetic you're going to end up falling back on the same few pieces again and again like I wear the same type of jeans and I love them so much I get them in every color almost every guy does that um almost every person really does when you find something you love you're going to keep going back to that and I wanted to do that with diamond and the rough clothing where I went okay if I can provide a cool shirt that's well made and is locally printed in LA like this could be something that hopefully people will appreciate for sure and something else that kind of really stands out to me about your shop is your slogan so when life gets tough remember your diamond what Mm -hmm. how did you come up with that Um, it was a personal thing. So I was going through a lot of like difficulties back in 2012. Like I'd just gone through a breakup. I'd experienced a lot of weight gain. My um, 12 year old cousin died from leukemia and, um, like work was just like a a big old mess because my boss was just really just riding everyone, um, crazy. And I was just like really falling apart and it wasn't a great place. And I remember putting on Aladdin and hearing the word diamond in the rough and remembering that like diamonds are one of the toughest materials um you shouldn't break if you are really a diamond and that's where it came from i was just like yeah if i can get through this then everything else should be a piece of cake i love that i think that's so inspirational and i really think that that's something that everyone can kind of hold on to in just their everyday life yeah, um, whenever someone buys something, I try to write a, a note, and at the end of it, I always like to say you're a diamond, because, you you know, everyone does have something special and, and shiny about them, so, like, I hope people remember that, and they can take that away, because there are times when you forget that, and it's just, it's so important to remember that there is something unique about you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. So, looking at the design process, Kind of what does that look like for you? You know, where do you gain inspiration for a new design? And then how does it go from an idea to an actual print? Um, so before I even started the brand, I wrote down every t-shirt idea that I had. And I had about 16. And I went, okay, let's narrow that down and pick the ones that you really like the most. So then I went to three. Um, and then we would design as time went on and release a few more at a time because I didn't want to oversaturate the market or spread myself too thin because I still have another full-time job as well as like doing my other things on the side like comedy and and I started doing stunt work and gymnastics again so I didn't want to just like abandon everything and just do diamond in the rough so I went through the list and I picked a couple of things out and then 
I realized that I had other ideas that were already being made, so they got cut. And now I'm going through the list again and realizing that they're close or similar to what is happening with Disney movie releases. So I'm trying to time them out around the same time so that they make sense, but also giving myself the goal of like one or two new items a month that are making sense with what's happening um, in pop culture. Like, um, Thank You Next came out with Ariana Grande, and that's my most popular item now because I was like, oh, no one's done Fast Pass Next. I feel like I should do that. So I postponed a few other items um, to make that one uh, move ahead to the top of the pile. I was going to say something that stands out to me about yours are like the Ariana Grande references and like the pop culture mm-hmm. influences. So I think that's so fun. And like you said, it's something that people definitely like recognize just automatically. Yeah. Like I have this funny idea because like the scene from Cinderella is something that like if you have siblings, you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't give you permission to wear that. That's mine. And they like tear everything off of her. <laughs> and it's like it's like a funny scene where I'm like. I can see Anastasia and Drizella's side about being like, I didn't let you wear my things. So I was joking about it with my coworker and I was like, that'd be such a funny shirt idea, but it's not fully developed yet. It just needs to like bake in the oven a bit more. So, and then break up with your girlfriend, the song came out and I went, oh my gosh, this is the perfect idea. It should look like the mud flap girls that you see on the backs of trucks with their silhouettes. And, and then I send it to my designer as an idea and he's like, this is a great idea concept and and then it became a thing so because of that I pushed back my next few ideas because I I don't want to spoil it but I'm doing like (laughs) 90s themed things coming up because the 90s party inspired me so I was like what if I do Disney meets like 90s bands that would be amazing so like that's the next thing that's going to be coming down you guys got like that. a little bit of like tidbit. That's like an exclusive. Ooh. We got the scoop. Yes. Yeah. We are here for that. We are all about the 90s. I know. I'm so glad. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. I just love the 90s so much. <laughs> it's like the 80s are great, but I didn't like I, I don't remember them. I remember the 90s. Like my favorite moment is like Carrie Strug like sticking that vault 96 from winning the gold for the Olympic like USA team, I was like, this is like iconic. And the Spice Girls came out, and then you had to pick sides between Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. I was, I'm all for it. So which side? Were oh, you that's on? another one. Oh, I was Backstreet Boys all the way. I, which proves that I am not a smart person because <laughs> NSYNC was way bigger. But I believe the Backstreet Boys had better harmonies. I also like, like. In my head, I like made this joke when I did stand-up comedy. I was like, I could never get married at 17. I thought JC Sazé was the hottest member and was going to be the biggest breakout star of NSYNC. <laughs> and clearly I was wrong. So I'm so glad I didn't get a tattoo at 17. It would have been NSYNC and JC Sazé would have been in the center. So <laughs> oh my I still love him, though. If he's listening, I love him. He's a big fan of the show. Yeah. He, he loves Good. It. I'm glad. Good. <laughs> What was your favorite part about the 90s party? We had some serious FOMO. Oh, my gosh. I loved seeing the rare characters out. It was cool to see, like, Hercules and Megara and then, like, Clopin. It was nice to see all these, like, people that you normally don't see around and, like, interacting with guests. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the wait times, though. Like, I was a little mad at, like, Disney operations for, like, only having, like, one of them out and, like, not switching them out. Because I'm so used to run Disney where they're just like, oh, don't worry, they'll be back in two minutes. And they just, like, switch out the characters super fast. So I was a little like, okay, fine. I guess I'll wait. (laughs) We ran into that same issue at the, what event were we at? The DVC Moonlight Magic Party. The Moonlight Magic Party. 
the weights were crazy for all like the rare characters. Yeah, and it was actually Megara was the was the worst one. <laughs> yeah. And Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't get to meet her. How long did your sister wait? I mean, like two and a half or almost three hours. I was going to say like three hours. So the whole duration of the party. That sounds about right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because that was the same for 90s night. Yeah, I get that. Mm. We don't have the patience. I was. Obviously, we had FOMO of missing out when we heard 90s night was coming. I was a little relieved that. The rescue rangers were not there because that would have just pushed it over the top for me. I wouldn't have well, been able Chip, to handle that. Chip and Dale were and they were dressed as rescue rangers, but the other three weren't. They just had oh. cutouts of Gadget and all that. But yeah. Dang it. But I feel we like didn't see them. Yeah, I didn't see those they, pictures. Dang. Oh. They're, they're, they were there. I feel like it's because they were right in the front and everyone was like in the back waiting for like max dressed as power line so that's because that was the four hour wait time so maybe that's what everyone was like doing but i definitely saw them as i was leaving and they were like already saying goodbye and i was like it's fine i guess i'm just gonna have to leave now (laughs) so one other thing that i wanted to chat about was kind of the aspect of building a community that goes along with the brand so can you talk about kind of what efforts you've taken to do that and why you think that's important to kind of build the two, the community and the bread, the brand concurrently. So I, I believe that every brand has a choice to make about like what their aesthetic is. And mine, I really wanted to profile like women, POC, LGBTQ people. And the reason is because those are the people that shape my life. Like I have a very women centered family. Um, I, I think I have 14 cousins and like 11 of them are female. Um, I grew up with a very strong-willed mother and a very strong-willed older sister. They helped um, really shape who I am and find my voice. Um, Going to college in San Francisco is the same thing with um, drag queens and trans women and like how they helped um, shape who I am and understand that like rights sometimes aren't a given and we have to fight for them. So I wanted my brand to reflect that. Um, Shonda Rhimes said it best when she won one of her first Emmy. She says she's not diversifying television she's normalizing it to catch up to what she sees with the rest of the world and i I really want my brand to be very similar to that so that um you'll see beauty in everything like i grew up i didn't see myself on television unless there was an extra on the background of mash you know i made it a point to try to learn the asian actors that were on television growing up because there weren't any of us and um and that's why I get so like passionate speaking about it because every time I see something like that, like when I saw Ludi Lin um, in Aquaman, I was like, "Wow, he's working. That's amazing!" And like knowing that they're trying to do more, and Marvel's trying to cast like an, an all Asian cast for an, a superhero, like that means a lot to me. That like really makes me excited to see because that means that the next generation gets to grow up and see that. And um, you know, I didn't, and I and I'm so excited that if this brand continues to go like another young kid, like another brown queer kid can go, Oh wow, he did it and he's doing fine. So hopefully that would be the same way. Cause you know, I grew up and there were depressing parts thinking that I was always less than, and I don't want that to be the case anymore. I want people to see that there is something innately wonderful with exploring the differences that make you beautiful. Yeah. I think that's so amazing that you do have this passion in that you are trying to just, like you said, like normalize it and help, especially kids who are taking in all the social media since it's 
obviously a huge part of life now and just making sure that they feel, you know, like they, like you said, could follow their dreams and accomplish big things. And I just love that. Right. Thank you. Yeah. It's such an important part. And I hope that, you know, I have a niece and a nephew and they grow up. I hope they see this as well as like something that like, wow, he's, he's doing something awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and honestly, I was thinking about it objectively before we were chatting today and it's like, I was attracted to your brand and I'm not your target person. And I think that just speaks volumes to that. It is such a great cause and that your passion bleeds through the entire company that, you know, it's, it's just such a testament that it's, it's great work that you're doing and that, and that community and the brand are both kind of aligned and going in the same direction. And, And thank you. That, that means a lot. And it's because, um, it's not about like the exclusivity of, of just having and profiling these people. It's about like giving that platform so that they can have that so that you can see that the, the differences that make everyone unique. One of, I'm, I don't know if anyone saw it, but the little mermaid had an animated TV series and one of their songs was like um, together we can live in harmony. And that's, it was such a catchy song and it's one of those great ones that I was like, Oh yeah, this is, um, this is kind of my jam. And I hope, Everyone can just YouTube it later because I'm not singing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, now I haven't thought about that in years, but now that you mentioned that Little Mermaid show, like it's all like coming back to me right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Someone brought it up the other day and I was like, oh, yeah, I did watch that like religiously. That was like my thing. (laughs) Yes. I am going to have to go look up that song because I remember the show, but I can't remember that song. Yeah, it was when some of the fishes were fighting with other fishes, and then Ariel sings, like, together we can live in harmony. And it was very, like, like when you hear it again, you're like, oh, wait, I do remember this song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yes. I don't even remember the show, to be honest. Maybe I didn't watch it. Well, you probably didn't watch it. Maybe not. I mean, I don't think it lasted very long, though. So, like, it, it, it was, like, one or two years, and then it was gone. Yeah. It is interesting. Side note. There's so many of those like Disney classic cartoons that I had I convinced myself that they ran for way longer than they did. Like <laughs> DuckTales was only on for like two years. Yeah. And totally. Rescue Rangers was the same and Tailspin. And I thought that I watched like those for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And there's same. only like 20 episodes of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why everyone thinks the same thing when you look back and you look at the collection like when they're on DVD, you're like, wait, why is it only one or two discs? It's it's just they just replay the same episode again and again. <laughs> yep. Crazy. Yeah, hopefully it all ends up on Disney Plus. Yes. Hopefully. That would be great. That's like Although, my mm, biggest we'll goal. If I want to watch them with our niece. Like we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch the Rescue Rangers one through however many they are, so she can mm-hmm. get a full appreciation for it. <laughs> Yeah, how do you guys feel about Disney Plus? I know you've talked about it in the past. Are I'm, you guys for it? I'm, I'm for it. I'm really excited about it, to yeah. be honest. I'm I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I just think it'll be nice to have everything like in one place because we were talking the other day, like if we wanted to watch like Dumbo to compare it to the new one, like it's so hard to find some of those old movies like that are That's in the true. vault, you know, or whatever. That's true. I think because I like the, uh, hopefully they attach like the behind the scenes stuff like from their like platinum and DVD editions that they had and then I'll be more into it because I really do like that part of the of the movie that sometimes isn't included with streaming services. I didn't think about that. 
That is a good yeah. point. Yeah, I think the original content is what I'm super pumped about. So the Loki show, I mm-hmm. mean, I'm going to binge oh, yeah. it the moment that it drops. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you think it's going to be a prequel or do you think it's going to be a continuation off of this story? Uh, I guess it depends if he's alive or dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I don't know. I would like for it to be a continuation. Um, I think that'd be fun, but we'll see. As long as it's Tom Hiddleston all the way through, I'm good to go. I know. It better. Well, if it isn't, then they're doing it all wrong. (laughs) I know he's at least in it from the start. So hopefully he'll stay on through the continuation of all of it. I hope so. Well, they can't call it Loki if it's not him. So it has to be. That'd be weird to change like halfway through. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if they'd go like back to him being a kid and then like recast it or something. Oh, Oh, that would be interesting, though. Like an origin story like that would be cool. But you'd have to do like flashbacks and flash forwards because i don't think i'd want to see like a young Loki the entire time yeah that's true be like that we've already referenced big bang theory be like a young sheldon (laughs) right (laughs) well awesome well i thank you so much for sharing kind of your story and also the origin story of diamond in the rough clothing i think it's such a great cause and we you know are so excited and interested in the brand to see how it continues to grow. But the next thing we'll jump into is our fast pass round. So we'll just throw out these Disney topics. And if you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind. For sure. So the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. Um, I have visited all the ones in the U S I have a premier pass. Um, so I've been able to go a couple of times cause it makes sense if I'm doing a Disney race to have, the pass that takes me to all the parks because it's just cheaper in the, in that sense. Um, instead of buying a, a like three or four day park hopper once every like or twice a year. Yeah. Of all of those parks, of the six of those, which individual one is your favorite and why? Um, Epcot, it is my favorite. I know that it's like people love it or hate it, but I just love that park. It's so nice to be in and it's just like I've stayed at um, a couple of the places nearby where you can exit next to like France and England and like getting breakfast in France is like the best thing. I am very surprised that a Southern California person said at Walt Disney World Park. I feel like you, you, it's hard to rip someone away from Disneyland. Right. I, I think cause I'm just so here so often, like it, it's still very special to go into Epcot and like see everything there. For sure. So out of those countries in Epcot, which one is your favorite? Um, I really love Morocco. Their food there is really good. And it's like one of those places where like you can get lost walking through their bazaar. So it's, it's really nice in there. And like, we met some of the people that work there and they were like the nicest people in my last trip. They were saying like, it's not just owned by Disney. The Morocco government owns a fraction of this, which is why we don't give the annual pass discount here. And like everything is shipped directly from Morocco. So like, these are actual like things that you can buy on the actual streets there. It's really cool. That is the one country that like we've got to spend more time in. Yeah, I was going to say, um, for whatever reason, we just always kind of bypass Morocco. Yeah. Huh. Mm. It's we've... really good. Check it out the next time because there's also this cute little like photo op where they have a photo pass person. Um, and it's like right in front of their fountain. It's so pretty. It's one of those like, I recommend that one. It's like kind of the lost gem of all the countries. And I think it's because it's kind of unassuming until you walk inside. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. We've also never been to the quick service restaurant. And I know our friend Sarah and Jeff love it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. People like rave about it. My friend Grace went there um, 
and she was like, I can't believe it's taken this long to go. And it's like, yeah, I think it's just because we always spend our food on the, like, like our food credits on dessert in France. Like, that's the only reason we just kind of <laughs> skip Morocco. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward to future Disney trips, what would be your bucket list trip? Um, I'm kind of needing to go to Tokyo. I, I think that's the one place where, like, I really want to see their Marvel. I want to see what they did with um, their parks in Tokyo Disney Sea. One of my friends is working there right now, and he posts photos, like, every day. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I really need to go visit because it looks so cool. Plus, they have different flavors of popcorn there that, for some reason, the parks in America don't do. Mm-hmm. I know, the milk chocolate one, I am so intrigued by that. And they have, like, a garlic yeah. shrimp. I would try that, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, and they have, like, a matcha one and um, a strawberry one, and I'm just like, I need to try all of these. <laughs> they should sell, like, for uh, Flower and Garden and Food and Wine, where they sell, like, the tickets where you can redeem them. They should do that for the popcorn in Tokyo. Oh, that would be so smart, because <laughs> people, would, people would spend money on that. That's for sure, for sure true. Yeah. So next one would be your favorite Disney resort, and it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Um... I really love the Yacht Club. I stayed there last time, and the smell when you walk in is, like, this really, like, nice woodsy sea salt smell. It's it's very pretty inside, too. But um, it's also, like, again, it's really nice to walk to and from Hollywood Studios and Epcot from there. So that's also, like, the location is kind of ideal. And you can get Ample Hills, like, in two minutes, which is so nice. <laughs> Have you guys ever had the Ample Hills yet? Oh, yeah. Yes. Just oh once, God. right? I think we've been twice. Twice, maybe. Not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Obsessed. And the last time I went, the girl was just like, I love giving free samples. And I was like, well, I love you. So I'm <laughs> going to stand here and you're going to give me all of them. What's your <laughs> favorite? Um, the ooey gooey cake is still the best one. Did you? That have was my one? favorite. I'm trying to think. I don't think I had that one. I tend Ooh, to go more so towards chocolate. Everything chocolate. Mm-hmm. I feel that. <laughs> But Yacht Club is one. I don't think we've ever even explored in there. Yeah, not enough, at least. Yeah, you're just mentioning all the things that we haven't done in Walt Disney World. <laughs> well, I'll have to just do a trip and just do like the obscure things like that, because I love that kind of stuff at Disney. For yes. sure. So next one, we're going to transition over to rides and attractions. If you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? I almost always fast pass when I'm at the park's Midway Mania. I always check that one first, so it would be that for sure. I could get behind that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely between that one and Buzz's ride, you have to go Midway Mania. There's no competition there. Well, Midway's fun, especially if you have a partner that can, like, unlock all the things in each um, part of the ride, which is really hard because some of them are impossible to do by yourself. So you just need, like, a really competitive partner. Or we're just going to make you ride with my sister because she tried to teach us all of those crazy things and we could not keep up. And she was getting so mad at us because we were like <laughs> following her direction. She's like shouting at us the whole time and like, why aren't you hitting this target? <laughs> yeah, because some specific targets uh, are worth more and then you get like extra bonus points when yes. like the like image turns around. But it's it's hard to do unless the other person knows exactly what they're doing. But I get competitive because I rarely lose the cart. Like, I, I I think I've lost, like, you know how at the end they have, like, highest score in the cart? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've won almost every time except for, like, the last the last few times I've gotten second. But, like, I tend to win it. Like, my winning streak is – like, one time my winning streak was three years. Like, let's put it like that. <laughs> 
you think it's because of all your tricks, like all the secrets that you know? Yes. And I also like, I used to go on dates to the park a lot and pretend to be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not really sure. And then I would win and be like, oh, (laughs) how'd that happen? So that's the other part of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That is funny. So sticking with rides, which ride do you think is due for either an exit or a refurbishment? Okay, I actually prepared for this, and I am ready to say that all of Tomorrowland at Disneyland needs to go. The entire thing needs a refurb, and here's why. So we know Launch Bay is leaving, so that just, like, can be killed off, and then you can expand the Speedsters, like, the where it's, like, the Honda Autopia. Mm -hmm. That can be turned into Sugar Rush, because that's such a great IP, and it would make sense to have Sugar Rush there, right? From, like, Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. And then, like... The pizza place is fine, but that could easily just be, like, turned into a, like, sit-down restaurant where it's, like, space-themed in the future because we know they're doing that at Epcot. And then Star Tour should turn into, like, a Mars Outer Space ride because there's no reason for that to exist outside of Star Wars Land because the IP should all be in one section. Then Buzz Lightyear turns into a Stormtrooper ride or a Big Hero 6 ride. And then Astro Orbiters, that can just go. That could just become, like, a little fun. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a fun little, like, entrance stage to, like, welcome people in. Or if they really feel like spending a ton of coin in that park, all of that turns into Tron. One of those things has to happen. I mean, I can't argue with any of those. Yeah, you should be an Imagineer. (laughs) I should, but I also, like, the idea is great, but I wouldn't even begin to know how to start building that. (laughs) I could definitely get behind a Big Hero 6 ride. Yeah. I love that. Right? That would be so great. I, or like they could turn the whole thing into San Francisco because that would be super cute too because it, it, they have the infrastructure to do it, but I don't know if they would want to. Yeah. Big Hero 6 definitely needs more love in yeah. the park. It, it so does. It's so disappointing they don't have Baymax out in my park anymore. Mm-hmm. He like I would meet Baymax multiple times a day in Epcot and I would be content every time. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is the best. <laughs> and to be I mean not to spoil the magic but to be that cast member who gets to <laughs> what do they do assist with yeah. Baymax would be the easiest job ever you just have to hug people and keep your arms down and waddle <laughs> that's probably yeah. all you can do <laughs> yeah but someone was telling me it takes like 10 minutes to get ready so oh. that, that might be the other part of why because they have to like inflate Baymax so that might be the reason <laughs> why we don't have him in my park Interesting. That's funny. So next one would be our food segment, one of our favorite segments. So mm. next would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack. <laughs> I joked. I was. I joked and I said. I told my boyfriend. I was like, I'm going to say you is my favorite snack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but realistically, um, I don't know if they have it at Disney World. But churro toffee is my new jam. I love churro toffee. Um, they have it at DCA and they have it at Madeline's Confectionery in downtown Disney at the Disneyland Resort. It's like a churro-flavored piece of toffee enrobed in white chocolate, then sprinkled with the churro dust, and it is so good. My jaw Every is on the them. floor. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no way they have that. I guess we'll have to look for it. Or we just got to go to Disneyland again. <laughs> yeah. But, like, s'more squares are also really good, too. And I'm glad that they've made it to both parks. The s'more squares is, like, is choice. I can get behind anything s'mores-flavored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Did you try the s'mores churro in Disneyland? 
for Halloween? I did. I did. That was very good. But I was a bigger fan of the S'more Sunday that they were doing, or their variation of the S'more Sunday they were doing at um, Frontierland for a while. But it was seasonal, and now they switched it to, like, the mini churro Sunday, so it's, like, slightly different with the flavors. Oh, dang. So sticking with food, what is your favorite table service restaurant and your favorite quick service restaurant? Um, table service, Chef de France in Epcot, because I've gone there twice and I've enjoyed the meal a lot. And then quick service, um, the UK Pavilion is my favorite and I love their fish and chips. Like I almost always default to that and I've gotten it every trip that I go to. Um, but I always feel bad because um, the cast members have like a really thick accent and sometimes I don't understand them. And so sometimes I just like nod and agree. Like the last time this guy was, <laughs> yeah, the last time the guy was from Ireland he, and he said something really thick in, in his Irish accent. He went, do you want an ale to go with that? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I don't. And he's like, and I didn't realize because my friend was like, he said, do you want an ale? And I went, oh, yeah, okay. And, I, and then he's like, well, which one do you want? And he explained them and I couldn't understand him. And I was like, you just pick one for me. And, <laughs> and that's what happened. <laughs> oh, gosh, that would totally be us. That's a marketing trick by Disney, I think. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you just upsell everybody on yeah. the ale because they can't understand you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like nod and smile at the handsome Irishman. That's what everyone that did. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. So next one would be your favorite character meet and greet moment. Um, Captain America, when he recognized me because I'm there a lot and Captain America always recognizes me now because I always go and he's like wait you're the one that owns the shirt line and I was like I do I can't believe you remember that and then he um like art directed the photos in front of like for the for the cast member taking photos he's like oh well I know there's writing in the back of this one so turn around and we'll take that and then we'll do a close-up shot we'll do back to back you can hold the shield I was like oh my gosh this is amazing Wow. So, yeah, that, that's when I was like, okay, if anything, at least I now know that, like, all the superheroes recognize who I am because I tend to stop at all of them. And it's nice to, like, know, like, one time, like, Thor just randomly gave me a hug and he didn't give anyone else a hug in line because he, like, knew who I was. And I was like, okay, I've made it. <laughs> this is awesome. And, like, the Dora Milaje, like, always whispers, she's like, oh, you changed your hair this time. And I'm like, um, you recognize me, and that's amazing. Like, yes, I dyed it to, like, silver this month. <laughs> Man, I will say I was really upset that we didn't get to meet Captain America. Because it was like he was switching with Spider-Man, and I didn't want to meet Spider-Man. I wanted Captain mm. America. So we just never got to meet him. Well, I'm afraid that Captain America is going to leave after Avengers Infinity War. And I'm like, nope, that can't. that's my aesthetic. You guys need to keep Captain America forever. That's just a necessity at this point. No. Could be. Yeah, there, well, there's rumors that go. I'm like. <laughs> no. There, there's rumors and I hope they're just like not true. You didn't tell me this, Brendan. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still upset that we never met Groot. So we both have our complaints. <laughs> Can we talk about how Baby Groot was at uh, Hollywood Studios for a long time, and then like Adult Groot is in Disneyland, and no one gave me like an, an explanation why? <laughs> like a cast member's like, "Oh, there's a time difference," and I was like, "That still doesn't make sense because like, you're four hours ahead." <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And Baby Groot wasn't that exciting. Well, I I disagree. I think <laughs> that the Star Lord that we met did not help the situation at all. 
Oh, yeah. really? What happened there? It was What's right the on that. It was it was <laughs> right before Infinity War came out. And so we were just like, oh, how do you think Groot will get along with Hulk or something or Loki or somebody? And he like didn't get it at all. Like he didn't play into it whatsoever. Oh, "Oh, that'll be cool. Like, all right. Well, that was my one line. (laughs) Well, this is awkward. We're leaving now. (laughs) Oh, that's so weird. I always ask them to dance. I always I'm like, oh, give me like a dance battle dance move. That's my like default with Star Lords. But that's sometimes they don't oblige well. And sometimes they're just like, okay, let's do the wave together. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just depends on the day, I guess. Depends on if Gamora has like talked to him or something, I'm sure. (laughs) What's been your best dance move that they've given you? Um, when he, like, grabbed my hand, he's like, okay, do the wave and then send it back. So I did that. And then, like, Groot's, like, moved a little bit, too. And I was like, wow, that was really well planned. (laughs) (laughs) Man, we got to go meet Groot. I know. That's one of my biggest regrets in life. I know. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe we'll get there. But the next one for our Fast Pass round would be your favorite Disney movie. Um obviously aladdin i feel like that's a given (laughs) but like if we're going by like animated features aladdin and then if we're doing like everything like i'll do captain america um winter soldier that is the one captain america movie we haven't watched well i haven't watched have you watched it uh no i have not dang oh that one's good that one's a solid one yeah so i appreciate that one too because it's like real stunts like a lot of that's like actually them doing it and not as much like on the cgi so it was it was good. Yeah. The reason we didn't watch it is because we were leading up to Infinity War and the guide mm. that we were going off of didn't include that one as essential. And I think going back now we realize it is because we we're like, who is this Bucky guy and what is his backstory? <laughs> right. right. Yeah, it's like it sets up Winter Soldier or Winter Soldier sets up Civil War and then Civil War basically sets up the next few. So it's like you kinda need it, but I also like just love Captain America, so it was just like, okay, I kind of I kind of love this movie out of, I mean, he's got three and that's the best of the three. <laughs> yep. So I've got to ask, how are you feeling about the Aladdin live action? I'm okay with it because I really do like Aladdin. It's one of my favorite movies. I like the Broadway show. And um, I mean, honestly, the lead actor is so good looking. I'm just like, I'm for it. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> he could leave me on red for three weeks, text me at 4 a.m. And I'd still respond. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. The one problem I have is Jafar's voice is just off in the trailers. Yeah, it is. But I'm thinking I'm just hoping it's the edit. So I'm just like, okay, maybe it'll be better. I'm just going to wait for a full trailer. I will see. Yeah, I'm still just going to hold out hope and just like be optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I and the way I see it, I'm like, it can't get worse than like, like, it can't get any worse. Like Beauty and the Beast was okay. It was it was a good solid effort. And then, like, Pete's Dragon was fine, and Dumbo was was good, but it wasn't great. So, like, there's nowhere to go but up, because this is, like, a better source material movie. So I'm hoping that it will be better. Yeah. So next one would be your favorite Disney song. Um, it's from Aladdin, but it was cut from the feature film. It's called Proud of Your Boy. Um, they The original story had Aladdin with parents, but then they orphaned him, so they cut the song out. And then it made it back into the Broadway version. I don't know if it'll make it into the live action, but it is a lovely song um, about how Aladdin um, basically says, like, he's wasted time in his life. He's wasted his potential, but 
he will make it a point to like make his mom and dad proud of who he is and what he does. And again, it goes back to like being a child of immigrants whose parents like really sacrificed to like put food on the table and like took jobs to make sure that we could have, you know, education um, so that I could pursue my own passions and dreams. Like that song really speaks to me. And it's one of those like, like you can listen to and it's only a two minute song, but it just like really touches like any kid who wants to make good decisions in life is really doing it because like they want to make their parents proud. And I, I recommend everyone to listen to it once because the Broadway song is just absolutely beautiful. Man, we've got a full YouTube list now to go. <laughs> you guys have homework. <laughs> I really would love to see that on Broadway if it ever came to like TPAC, since obviously we don't go to New York. But... Yeah. TPAC is our Tennessee Performing yeah. Arts Center <laughs> okay. for, for people who are like... not in Nashville listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. So the next one would be your favorite Disney quote. Um, it is now pour the tea from the matchmaker in Mulan where she like rubs the ink on her face. <laughs> <laughs> that scene gets me every time. <laughs> that is a good one. That's a good one. We just love Mulan. Everything about Mulan really. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, it's, I mean, it's just so great and she's such a fun character to meet as well. So it's just like, that movie is just like up there as one of my favorite movies. I want to go to the Chinese New Year in DCA so bad to meet Oh, Mushu. it's so good. He's so great. And then I love that Mulan was dressed as Ping at the 90s party. That, like, I didn't expect it to happen, and I was so happy to see that. So that, like, made my whole life. Um, and, yeah, like, DCA's food is so bomb during the um, festival of, like, the New Year. It's just, like, they just need to do it all year round because that food was so good. Yeah. I am low-key, like, yelling at Brendan right now because he didn't tell me that Mulan was just as Ping. Oh, yeah. it's It was such a surprise. I was so happy to see it. <laughs> oh my just gosh. calendar it for next year because you know what's happening again. Just add it to the calendar for next year. <laughs> huh. I'm shook. Let's look up flights. Oh <laughs> so our very last question of the Fast Pass round would be your favorite Disney Parks memory. Um... It would be Wine and Dine in 2012. Um, that year was, it was November and it was like one of the last years they did did it as a night race and I'm more of a night runner. So it was a great, like I was in really good shape. I like started like working out a lot and I knew that I would do well. And um, earlier that year, my cousin Rafa had died of leukemia lymphoma and that race was for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. So like I said a prayer and I said like, okay, let's run this together to Rafa and um I had the best race of my life. I flew down that course. I hit, I hit a new PR and um, I like, I just started to cry at the end because I knew I was doing well and I didn't realize how well I was doing until I got to the end and I was like, wow, I broke my personal record by 30 minutes and I did it in Epcot and like there was a night party and it just like, I mean, to, to this day, like I still run a race and I just say a prayer because I, I know that he's with me because like, it's just something that, and I don't, I don't mean to tear up, but it's just something that, like, makes me really proud to know that, like, I'm doing something bigger than just myself. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful to Run Disney for, like, getting me through that. Because um, I, I don't know what I would have done without Run Disney and the running during, like, that really hard time. That is so wonderful. I was in, yeah, I that don't is even, so sweet. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, that is... That's so touching, and and it's so <laughs> wonderful that you have that connection with it, and and have those memories for sure. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's I, I recommend everyone to do a Disney race just once. It'll definitely it'll definitely change your life. For sure. So our very last question, and it's something we ask all of our guests, and it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to become either a Disney content creator or jump in and start creating their own products, what would be your advice to that person? Um, you know, everyone on the podcast has said a lot of the same thing of just be genuine and be yourself. But um, to get more specific, you know, one of my favorite drag queens is Jackie Beaton. She says, know your brand and be able to say it in one sentence. So that's the first step is like figure out what your brand is, figure out what makes you unique, write it down and then um, work backwards from there. Like what is your end goal? And then go backwards. So like if you want to start your brand, OK, well, what what is your brand going to sell? What type of items do you want? When do you want to start building it? What is the website going to look like? And then from there, like after you write it down, you know, tell people, ask them, see what they want to do. Um, plan out for however long you need to. Um, like I said before, measure twice, cut once. And then um, once you launch, like learn to like figure out because it's going to happen. People get jealous. I get jealous all the time. It just happens. Like, my boyfriend hasn't texted me today and I'm just like, oh, I'm jealous because I he, like my mind just goes there. I'm like, he's cheating on me, but he's not. He's at work, you know, like learn to take that jealous jealousness, label it and then use it for something um, else. Like use it to propel you to be a better version of yourself. Like don't be bitter, be better is a, is a great thing to just remember. Like you just need to figure out what it is that you do well, focus on that and then you'll grow from there. Like when the tide comes in, even the smallest boats get, get to rise a little bit, you know? For sure. I think that's very applicable too, for anyone who's interested in starting a business, just because I do think it can be so easy to, you know, compare maybe where you're at with where someone else is at and just maybe, you know, why am I not there? I should be there. And like you said, just focusing on yourself and what you need to do and focusing on your brand and your message. I think that'll definitely work out better in the long run Mm -hmm. yeah and it's so helpful to to speak with other people like reach out because everyone's gonna have questions and you know I I asked a couple other shop owners what they thought and they were like these are great ideas think about doing this and you know you'll get ideas about just collaboration in general and don't be afraid to ask like call someone up see what they say because the more people and the more perspective you get the easier it will be to launch your next product certainly I think that from my perspective, it really sounds like that you've done such a wonderful job of, like you said, you you have your identity and you have your mission statement and you have all that lined out and you know exactly who you are and what you want to accomplish. But the path to get there is not a straight line and it's nimble and you're willing to change things up and reverse the order mm-hmm. of how products are released, you know, and getting feedback along the way. I think that's so important that that you can't just expect everything to go exactly how you plan. You have to have some flexibility along the way. Right, exactly. And, like, I tell a lot of people this, like, you know, Sharon Stone didn't get her first big hit until she was in her late 30s. Um, And that was with um, her first big movie role. Like, but some people get really famous. Like, Hilary Duff got famous at 15. Like, not everyone's going to have the same path. Like, and sometimes you're going to hit hardships. Like America Ferreira, the night that Ugly Betty premiered, had to sleep on her friend's floor because she was still struggling. Like there, the struggle is going to happen. It's a matter of consistently going because if you have a dream and you want to do it, like you're going to find a way to get it done because 
it's hard, but there are people along the way that can not just help you, but will propel you to be better. And I'm so thankful for my friends that have done that because they're the ones that are still sharing. They're the ones that are still like willing to take photos of my merchandise and like will help art direct with the photos that I need. Like those are the types of people that like, you know, when you start to shine, everyone else around you is going to start shining too. And that's, that's really like the one thing that if you can remember, do that, just keep your friends that you like believe in you, like keep them near because they're the ones that are going to get you to that next step. Absolutely. I love all this. We're going to have you on for a part two <laughs> down the road. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sure. I'm so glad we did this interview. And I think to our listeners, it is so helpful to understand kind of where you've come from and, and how you've built this. Cause I think there's so many lessons to be learned in there. Um, but Mario, one last thing, if you could share with our listeners where they can connect with you online. Um, follow on Instagram at Diamond and the Rough Clothing Co. Um, and online, the website to buy merch is um, space. <laughs> Perfect. And we will put all the links to that in our show notes as well. So Mario, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Malcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.